0: Hey, this is Trevor. Sorry I can't come to the phone right now, but if you leave me a message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Next,
1: call me back, all right? I'm going through it. I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm reading poetry. Heal, Trevor, heal. Look deep, look inside, and it's okay. Trevor, it's okay. Trevor, it's okay. It's okay. So much is going on in the NHL, too. Trevor, can you call me back?
0: Good morning. I'm
1: feeling it today. I really am. I'm feeling in tune with myself. I'm so happy to be talking to you on the phone. How are you doing? Oh,
0: man, I'm just, uh, I'm feeling emotional, man. I feel your emotion coming through the phone right now.
1: Oh, I'm emotional, man. So, a, a couple days ago, my homie's barber gave him a book to give to me. Why? Because uh, I'm Kyle Bowen, okay? I'm the book reader, all right? And the first time he did this, he gave me that that monk book, uh, that monk who sold his Ferrari. And now he's given me another book. I forgot the title of it. It's not in front of me. I've just been opening up and reading it. And, and it's a poetry book, a book or a type of book that I'm not too familiar with. And I also don't really fuck with these books. I just don't really connect with them, okay? I don't. I don't. It, it is what it is, Trevor. I, I don't connect with poetry. You
0: know, poetry comes in many forms, though, man.
1: It does. It does. And, and I'm learning. I'm learning about it. Because <laughs> this book in particular is is teaching me a lot. It's about forgiveness and forgiving yourself and, and healing, okay? And I guess I, I've been through a lot in this thing called life, and I got to fucking heal, right? It is what it is. It's also, It's also hitting home in the world of love, okay? And one one poem made me think about my brothers, okay? And and sometimes I believe that my brothers suck, okay? My brothers suck. They they suck ass. I've said it many times. They suck ass, some of them. Because their expectations for a potential partner are are so ludicrous, okay? Do you have any friends who have that hit list, that thing, that list? Again, the, the list of things... A partner must have for them to be a partner. Do you have any homies that that talk like that?
0: Uh, you know what? I, I, I can't. I, you know, I, I kind of do, but one of my, my main homie who did actually found a girl. So, uh, yeah, no, did, no, did not, he, not did, any. Did he free, have a list?
1: Free. Did he have a list, or did it just happen? I don't. He I don't was, agree with the list.
0: He was, he was pretty damn picky with the with yeah. the girl. He didn't really want a girlfriend. He was very picky, uh, and then end up finding a good girl.
1: Okay, well, we'll listen to this, okay, because it hits home, okay. This is from, uh, again, a book written by Young Pueblo. That's his name, okay? And the poem goes like this. Real love began when we both stopped expecting and instead focused on giving. Isn't that something right there? And that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. That's I, nice. I feel as if people go into things like relationships or potential relationships and they expect so much and they're not focused on the giving. And that's the problem.
0: You got to give love to get love, man.
1: Exactly. Exactly, yo. Exactly. Now, I got this other one. I'm a lover boy, man. I get that. I got this other one. Okay, listen to this. Put the music down again. All right? I want the love that doesn't break. One that gives me water when I am consumed by fire. One that offers me shelter when I am lost. And one that helps me see that the hero I am looking for is me. Another one, you 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 have to give. You have to give love so you empower your partner so they can you know stand on their two feet stronger than ever before. Okay, real talk. it's it's, it's not about you. It's about he or she. Real talk. And that's uh, right, man. And that's uh, and that's that. Speaking of heroes, speaking of heroes, uh, uh, Kuzmenko, right? That guy's uh, hey, a, a somewhat of a hero, I guess, sort of, not really, but it's sounding like he could be, and. A couple of things, okay? A couple of things, okay? I've been hearing a lot of uh, uh, reports on Kuzmenko, and a lot of people are alluding to him as the top European player who's not in the NHL yet, blah, blah, blah. He just signed with the Canucks. Are, are we not allowed to say that he's Russian because of, of the war? Like, what's going on? Because I've heard this... Oh, come
0: on. You can say that he's Russian.
1: Yeah, yeah. I- I've, heard, I've heard it many times. I've heard it many times, and they keep emphasizing the fact that he's European, 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 which I guess he is, but... Yeah, the, the whole Russian-Ukraine, and I get it. Uh, Russia's not the most popular place in the world, but I don't think we have to throw that on Kuzmenko's plate. Anywho, he is, uh, he's here, and he chose Vancouver, and this is what happens when Jim Benning is not your GM. It's just the truth.
0: Yep, and that was my first thought yesterday. It's like, this never would have happened under Jim Benning. I even tweeted out with uh, our article on Kuzmenko on, on, on Sonic that uh, shout-out to Patrick Colvin for not being Jim Benning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but I mean kudos to Patrick Alvine. I mean there was some interesting tidbits that came from uh, Canucks Conversation uh, Chris Faber and David Quadriere talked to Dan Milstein about a month ago on their podcast and uh, uh, Milstein mentioned that Alvine had been in touch with uh, himself Milstein's the agent for Kuzmenko he has been in touch with Milstein and Kuzmenko for nine years he's been scouting Kuzmenko since he was pre-draft eligible and had checked in constantly over the years checking checking in constantly over this process and I think it was interesting when Milstein, after the Kuzmenko signing was announced yesterday, said that there were too many reasons why Kuzmenko chose Vancouver.
1: Ooh, too many. There were
0: too many. And it sounded like, again, from the reports from Rick Dollywall, that, that the main meeting that solidified this wasn't the meeting in Vancouver. Everyone's talking about Blue Water and El- Elisa uh, being way better than Joey's, but apparently this is all solidified <laughs> in Ann Arbor, Michigan, when Bruce Boudreaux drove six hours to the meeting, and Alvin drove 4.5 hours to the meeting. Legend. So, again, you got to give credit to, to Canucks, Brass. Uh, they obviously impressed. I, I think, you know, Boudreau being a positive influence on guys like Ovechkin and Podkholz and also helped influence Kuzmaegos' decisions. But you look at the Canucks as well, and there was a desperate need for another top six piece, especially if a guy like Miller or Obechkin is going out the door. And, and I think this is the next obvious question for you, Kyle. What does this Kuzmenko signing, in your eyes, mean for... The outlook of the Canucks offseason. Are they going to offload a guy like Miller at the draft? Is a guy like Besser going to be on the block? Is a guy like Garland going to be on the block? Or did they try to keep the band together and hope that Kuzmenko is, you know, going to fit in the top six or uh, maybe even the bottom six if they keep everyone around? I mean, there's a lot of different directions the Canucks could go. I've been really on the fence with what they're going to do with JT. Based on what I've heard from Rutherford, my gut has been like they're going to keep him, try to resign him. But... I don't know, man. I don't know. It just it it doesn't seem like the most prudent move for this organization, and I do think they get that. So uh, I I don't really know what's gonna happen. I'm curious on your thoughts about uh, where the Canucks be from here, Stanikosenko.
1: Yeah, I'm more on that boat too. I think Rutherford and Alvin are gonna keep JT Miller, and I think uh, the bigger questions come when you have to talk about Brock Besser and Connor Garland, and it's one or the other, in my opinion. Now maybe there's a chance that both stick around because. Alvin and Rutherford may not want to just let go of these pieces for nothing. I feel as if they're going to have to get the right deal and I think a lot of teams do know that the Canucks are in a bit of a a fucking pickle, right? A fucking pickle? And maybe they'd like to take advantage of that, but I don't, I don't think Alvin and Rutherford would let that happen. Again, there's a small chance that both of them stick around. I think it's super, super important that they get this piece for under a million dollars. Obviously, he has to sign an ELC. It's just, It's just really, really important for a team that has so many, so many bad contracts and has paid so many bad contracts over the years to get something like this done. And it, I know I know it's early, and I know I shouldn't be saying this, and I know it's maybe the most Vancouver part of this whole explanation right now, but it's really, really important to sign a guy who's potentially really good on a one-year deal. When I guess, I know they have to do it, but I think it's really, 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 really important because let's say the Canucks do falter again next season, they, they have another trade piece. Okay? They really do. And this yeah. team needs assets. This team needs assets, and it's uh, it's the long road back. It really is, and it's it's a win. It's a win for the city of Vancouver. It's, win for, it's a win for management. It's a win for uh, the belief in, uh, again, management, and we needed that. We needed that, yo, because there was no belief. There was no belief in a team run by Jim Benning. You think Jim Benning is ordering his head coach to drive six hours, seven hours to make sure he's there for a meeting? I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's what exactly what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rutherford and Alvin were like, "Yo, Boudreaux, we're gonna need you to make this drive." We're gonna, I, I, and he was probably up for it, but uh, demands like that, commands like that, just it felt as if this was a strategic, strategic plan, a- and they executed. And I don't feel as if this would happened with the old regime. And I, I know I should probably stop comparing the both, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's traumatizing. Okay, I- I'm traumatized, and and this is uh, this is not surprising that this actually happened, but it feels. It feels new. It feels new, and it's not surprising because Rutherford gets shit done. He's a fucking winner. He's a fucking winner. He's a badass. You know, I, I heard, I heard something on, on Thirty Two Thoughts. Uh, they talked about how this is the same dude who off sheeted Sergey Fedorov way back in the day. You know? Yeah. So holy he, shit! So I forgot he, about that. So, yeah. so he gets he gets stuff done. He he just gets stuff done. Uh, Good guy, good guy. Rutherford is uh, on our team, and uh, I'm excited, and the culture is changing a bit in the city. Uh, I know I didn't really answer your question about who they're going to let go, but I do agree that... I, I think Mo- you did answer okay.
0: it, you, yeah. I think you did answer it. You kind of said that JT, you think JT's sticking around, yeah. and you're not quite sure about and Investor, but you know, uh, there's no guarantee that Kuzmenko's a top six. There's no yeah. guarantee that he's even an NHLer. but I think based on the track record, I, and you know what, I, I do like uh, from the scouting reports that he tends to try to get to the dirty areas in the offensive zone. He doesn't really shy away from contact. He's not like a physical bruiser or anything like that, but he seems a bit like uh, Niels Hoaglander in that game. Like mm-hmm. he, he has good puck skills. He's looking for the pass first, and he's always looking for the high danger play in the offensive zone. So uh, I think he's going to fit in well with this team. Uh, obviously, whether they keep Miller or not, he should have a couple of good centers to play with, and you just hope he earns that spot and takes care of that role. And another thing, too, is that the Canucks do desperately need some help on that second power play unit. Uh, the second power play last year was a joke. I'm hoping with Kuzmenko, maybe Jack Rathbone coming up, that uh, well, they're going to be more weak a Trevor's, excited. In Trevor's
1: excited. Trevor's let's fucking go. excited. Trevor's let's fucking go. excited, you uh, Yo, but that, that's the thing, Trevor. That's the thing, Trevor. This is what we fucking deserve. This is what the West Coast deserves. Some good news, some great news, and us actually winning at something. And us winning at a player sweepstake is fucking big news because it shows that this city can once again be desirable. If you're a hockey player and it wasn't that way when jim benning was here unless unless jim benning was a guy writing the checkbook then it became desirable okay any anyone wanted to come here okay real talk but this didn't align with just the money thing again it was the elc we really couldn't talk about money when it came to why the steal happened it was just more of a, a fit and also the sell job that happened you could talk about blue water you could talk about elisa you could talk about all those things you could talk about how I actually want to touch on this. You can talk about how those restaurants are not Joey's and West Edmonton Mall. I, I, I'm not surprised that that's what the Oilers did to lure or try to lure Kuzmenko in there. It's really all they have, but it's uh, it's funny. It's funny. You know you know what they should have done? They should have taken Kuzmenko to Airland. They should have done Ooh, that. I was,
0: think, I was thinking uh, Hooters in West Edmonton Mall.
1: I've been there. I've been there. Hooters is overrated, yo. Overrated. Yeah,
0: yo. it is. <laughs> I think I've been to. I was into a Hooters in like Oregon years and years ago, but I think that's maybe like the one and only time I have ever at a Hooters.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about their food. It just, it's just the bar food. It's just what I can't even speak English. Hooters? Is that why I can Hooters. <laughs> yeah, yo. Just Hooters. A trip to Hooters. <laughs> oh man, straight up trip to Hooters. Uh, John Tortorella, coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, you you want to talk about this? Um, I listened to. Uh, I think he was on the Jeff Merrick show, and I listened to some yeah. of the things he was saying. And I'm just like, "How the fuck is this happening? Yeah, you know, how the fuck is this guy still getting jobs as a head coach? He seems so old school." And I get that it could work, but I don't see it being a long term fit. I see, I see it somewhat being a bit desperate, a bit it, desperate. oh, it's Cause, completely cause, desperate. Cause, I, cause I think Fletcher wants an immediate fix, and I think that yeah, I think Tortorella can go in there and kind of get people to play their best and work really hard. But I think the way he does it doesn't really last long, and you need that. You need that. You need the uh, the culture, the movement, or the mantras to last long in a dressing room. And I don't feel like you can get that with John Tortorella.
0: I don't know, man. I would got to give Tortorella a quick shout-out, to be honest. Because, uh, again, after after his uh, tenure the Canucks, I, I thought he was done. I thought he was never going to coach the NHL again. But, and what does he do? He goes to Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, you know, he, he actually coaches a pretty mediocre team at the playoffs. He the Lightning. There was some, he, he caught Lightning in a bottle for a bit there in Columbus. Uh, at the end of the day, the roster just wasn't that talented. And after they lost there, and, uh, it was kind of downhill from there. But I, I'm not surprised he got another job. And I'm not surprised he got a job in Philadelphia. I think, you know, Philadelphia as an organization has made a lot of strange decisions. Uh, I think most notably recently was trading for Rasmus from and, and then signing him for that massive contract. It's a desperate team that's going to be spinning okay. their wheels for a long time. I think Tortorella might get them from, you know, the he, he might, you know, he might get them from, you know, like bottom five in the league to like ninth, tenth overall in the Eastern Conference. So uh, congratulations Philadelphia. You're going to get the coach who's going to boost you up the standings and you're going to be stuck in no man's line for the foreseeable future. So yeah. congrats to
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's this allure, you know, the Flyers need to be tough and need to do this and Tortorella's the right guy. Rock, three, They're out like. of touch and all that stuff. It's, dude. Shut the fuck out. Get over it. Get over it. Get the fuck over it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work.
0: But, you know, we're, we're all wrong in life sometimes, man. I, I was know. wrong about Tortorella never getting a job in the NHL again. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my dad uh, after Father's Day, and he was dead wrong yesterday too. I, I was talking to him on the phone, and he's telling me that the Lightning are going to get swept by the Colorado Avalanche. You know, the Lightning are done. They're too slow. Uh, they're not going to come back in this series, and I was like, "Dad, you're talking about the two-time defending Stanley yeah, Cup champion. What an
1: idiot! Your dad's Damn an my. idiot. Your dad's an idiot now. Your dad's my. an
0: oh my idiot. God. God. I tried to tell them. I yeah. tried to tell them, but what happened? A 6 tooth drubbing. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I, I like, I, I would have been. I want Colorado to win the series. I got money on Colorado. But at the end of the day, I, I we've said this before. I, I hope this is one of the best Stanley Cup finals of all time. And now there's been a couple blowouts. Uh, but it has been the highest-scoring mm-hmm. final through three games. I think it's the highest-scoring final through three games for so the first time since the 80s. It's been a long time. It might even be the highest of all time. I might have that wrong. Uh, but I lots of goals so far, which is surprising considering yeah, Vasilevsky won in one of the nets there. But um, if I'm Colorado, I- I'm not too worried because, again, they, they piled up the shots last night. Uh, unlike when Tampa lost, they just did nothing. At least Colorado's getting their chances last night. But um, goaltending is a powerful uh, yeah. moderator in today's game. So you know, if Vasilevsky can tremendously out goaltend whoever's in net for Colorado, Tampa's got a shot. I mean, you can't rule Tampa out yet. And uh, yeah. I still see this being a seven-game series. It's what hockey fans want and deserve. Uh, so it can go pick up a couple more dubs, and let's get this to Game Seven overtime. That's that's game my hope for the series. Seven
1: overtime, that be that'd be entertaining. And yeah, I'm not surprised Tampa Bay did what they did yesterday. And I think that option of of a Tampa Bay blowout is always there because the goaltending for Colorado, it's, it's questionable. It really is. It really is. So Tampa puts up six, they only allow two. And the series is at two, two one. And I I don't think Kucherov is going to be hurt for that long. Uh, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to miss a game. I feel it. I feel it. I think. No, I don't
0: think so either. There's no LTIR anymore. This guy's playing.
1: (laughs) This dude's playing. And, uh, if he's playing, they have a chance, and this is going to be a long series, and maybe Kadri comes back too. There's a lot of things. And, you know, I, I want to touch on this. Before Kadri plays a game, and, again, still up in the air, that is heroic in my opinion. I-, I I don't know if the thumb injury can be catastrophic to his career, but you never know. You never know. And this guy's a UFA at the end of the season, and he's going to go out there. And I know this is an opportunity that everyone dreams for, but, hey, it's going to be uh, gladiator-like because, again, he has a chance to get a huge payday. Come, come July 1st, and he's willing to risk some of it, in my opinion. Even though it's just a thumb, in, thumb injury to play in the Stanley Cup Finals and, and get the job done, it's going uh, to be a sight to see. And uh, I, I do hope that Kadri puts on quite a show when he comes back, either in Game 5 or maybe he comes back in Game 4. Who Who knows? Who knows? Who knows anything? The NHL does not release yeah. a lot of information when it comes to injuries. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's going to be catastrophic to his career, but in the short term, I mean, he just had surgery on his thumb. I mean, I broke my thumb. I did not have surgery. It took me three weeks to heal. And that's when I was 12 years old, okay? That's that's when the body is young and it heals quick. So I would think that Caudry, realistically, as his regular season, he'd be out probably four to six weeks. And how long has it been now? Like, not even two weeks, and he might be coming back. I mean, uh, it'll be unbelievable. Again, I just wonder how this guy's going to shoot a puck (laughs) or lift the cup. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> He's able to uh, come back, so uh, man, man, oh man! I, uh, it would be quite the story If Kadri came back. It would be pretty heroic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, the Avalanche don't really need Kadri. I think they proved that through the first two games, even last night. You know, they had their chances. They without Kadri, JT Conver stepped up. They got the other secondary scoring guys like the two Skipper Cost you've been unbelievable too. Uh, this this Avalanche team doesn't need Kadri, but uh, it would be quite the story if he came back. I'm rooting for him, man. I really am. Okay. Shout sure out, Kadri.
1: Hey, speaking of healing, we'll end on this note. Take some time for yourself today, Begsy. Close your eyes, all right? Take some time. Tell yourself it's okay. It's okay to hurt. All right? And also, to all my brothers out there making these lists, get the fuck out of here, okay? What are you going to give? Stop expecting. What are you going to give? What are you going to give? Some of y'all don't deserve to be loved, you fucking losers. That's just the truth, yo. That's just the truth. My God, bro. My God. I got some toxic-ass brothers around me, for real. No shame in saying that. But, hey, (laughs) you're not one of them. And I want you to have a good day. Enjoy your day, Trevor.
0: Yeah, you too, buddy. All the best. Talk to you on hump day. Peace,
1: peace, peace. Peace.